Punky Peeps, this is your host Angela Bowen and welcome to another episode of Punky Power, an unofficial Punky Brewster podcast. Today I will be discussing Season 1, Episode 5, Part 1, Walk Pool. This aired on October 14th, 1984. Alright, the episode description. In this first segment of a two-part segment, Mrs. Johnson, Betty Johnson, she is back, finally, since she's been gone since the pilot episode. So, she's back. She has the task of walking the children to school. She finds it to be too exasperating, so she turns it over to Henry, who attempts to instill a sense of order and discipline into their morning routine. Will Henry be able to wrangle this rambunctious bunch, or will it become utter chaos? Listen to find out. During last week's podcast of Season 1, Episode 4.2, Lost and Found, I asked the episode question of the week for Season 1, Episode 5.5, Episode 5, Part 1, I apologize, stuttering, blah, entitled, Walk Pool. How did you get to school growing up? Did you walk to school, ride the bus, ride a bike, or did someone drive you? Do you have any special memories you'd like to share? One listener did, and he is here today to share them with us. Welcome, Jeremy. Would you like to share some of your childhood memories of how you got to school? Hi, everyone. I have a couple of uh, school memories involving uh, riding the bus. Um, for first and second and most of, well, half of third grade, I actually uh, lived in England. My dad was stationed over there, so I had a few years of school over there. And the bus, taking the bus to school over there was just a little different. Like here in the States, everyone's probably familiar in the States with the uh, yellow school buses. Over in England, we didn't ride those. We had what are basically charter buses, uh, kind of fancier. Uh, Generally, the buses, I mean, it's just seats, but occasionally we'd have a bus that actually had tables you could sit at. Even a few times there was a double-decker buses, but we were never allowed to sit on the top half. We had to stay on the bottom half. And back in the States, uh, there was a time something went wacky with the wiring in one of the bus. So whenever the bus driver signaled to turn, the horn would honk. I don't know if the turn signal actually worked or not at the time. Either it was doing both or just one, but they tried to turn and the horn would honk instead. So needless to say, that had to get serviced. So there's a couple of memories I had for you. Well, thank you, Jeremy, for sharing those wonderful stories. All right, let's get into the episode of Season 1, Episode 5.1, or Part 1, Walk Pool. To open up the episode, we have Henry singing opera again. George Gaines must really love opera or singing. Brandon peeks his head through the door in the kitchen to see what the noise is and pulls himself back in again. Henry sits down on the couch, still singing, and pulls out a magnifying glass to look at the negative photos he took, all the while still singing. Punky and Cherry burst through the front door, and Henry asks them how was school. And Punky says, great, we learned all about frogs. And Punky and Cherry crouched down and began to hop, imitating frogs. Well, at least they didn't learn to dissect them, because that probably would have changed their opinion pretty fast. <laughs> we'll see how that is once they get older, if they have to go that route. 
How will they feel then? All right. So, between the last two episodes and this one, Henry has enrolled Punky in school. I wonder if this is September or October. I think it's got to be fall, I would think. Uh, Punky and Cherry hop over to the kitchen door and Punky asks Henry, what's for dinner tonight? Henry replies, not looking up from his photos, frog legs. Punky and Cherry look at each other and say, Grosseroo! As they back into the kitchen. They have frog legs at the Asian Buffet and Grill where I live, but I haven't tried them and I really don't think I'm going to. (laughs) Betty Johnson, played by the late Susie Garrett, returns after being absent since the pilot episode. Betty's in the doorway, looking about ready to pass out from exhaustion and... She leans against the door and exhales, loudly greeting Henry. Henry looks up and says, Hello, Mrs. Johnson. She asks him if he's ever heard of the expression, Oh, my tired bones. He says, Yes. Betty says, Well, my bones aren't just tired. They're in a coma. I notice that she's holding her shoes, so her feet must be crazy sore as heck. I'm like, oh, why don't you stand on your feet in one spot for eight hours a day, five days a week like I do at my job, and you'll see just how much you're tired and your feet hurt. <laughs> but anyway, Henry asks, hard day? And Betty says, you don't know the half of it. She says as she closes the door. When she turns around, she has a bright orange kick me sign in black block lettering on her back. Betty says she's a woman who's loved children all her life. But if I have to walk those two girls and their friends to and from school one more day, they're going to end up spots on the pavement. Oh, boy. Wow. (laughs) I can understand. That's, I mean, you're talking Punky and Cherry. And then, of course, we have three newcomers. Margot Kramer, Ellen Anderson, and Scotty Latabucci. Which, you're not really going to see much of him. He's in, like, one other episode, and then he scoots out the door, so. Alright. As she sits down on the couch, we hear the paper crinkle as she pulls the sign off her back. So she must have, like, just realized she even had that on her back. She hands it to Henry and tells him, That has to be the work of Scotty Latabucci. He is the worst child in the group. Do you know he shaves cats? Henry looks at her in surprise and says, Oh, come now. Nobody's that cruel. Punky and Cherry come out of the kitchen and Punky walks over to Henry and shows him what Scotty Latabucci gave her. What is it? He asks. Punky says, Cat fur. Disgusted, he hands it back to her. Like, oh, that's so gross. And those poor kitties. Cherry tells everyone how Scotty's the rottenest boy in the whole school. Yeah, Punky agrees. One day he put super glue in the teacher's chair, and when she stood up, her old dress ripped off. Cherry tells them all how she thinks she likes Scotty better than Margot. Yeah, she's so stuck up, Punky adds. Cherry stands up and imitates Margot, saying, I'm Margot, I'm beautiful, and you're a Peasant. This thing called 
calling people peasants will be Margot's catchphrase. I'll just say right now, I'm not... I never really liked Margot. She has no redeeming qualities. I'm just judging her based on what I've seen in the other seasons. Although, maybe she redeems herself later on. I'll have to watch and see. So far, I'm I'm not a fan of her. <laughs> then, Punky moves on to Alan, whom she calls a nerd. Cherry says she thinks he's cute. This Okay, this is the start of the Cherry-Alan ship. That continues until Alan's departure in Season 3. Spoiler, he does leave in Season 3. When the show became more girl-centric. But he's mindless, Cherry, Punky tells her. You can be cute and mindless. In fact, I like that in a boy, Cherry says. Well, yeah, cute and mindless. (laughs) Wait a minute, Scotty, Margot, Alan? They sound like horrible people. Why do you want to walk with them to school? asks Henry. Because they're our best friends, she informs him. Punky then turns to Cherry and says in a frog voice, Hey, Froggy, you want to go play Swamp? Sure, Cherry agrees, and they both crouch down and hop away. I, I, I can't do a frog imitation, I'm sorry. <laughs> On the playground, when I was seven or eight, my friends and I, we would play Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. So this is right around 1990, so I would have been, yeah, I would have been eight. I even tried to make my own nunchucks out of sticks and baler twine, which is, if you see hay bales, they're always put together with, like, some type of, um, twine to hold them in place. Sometimes I would even get my cousins to play Land Before Time with me. It was so fun to use your imagination. Kids today, I don't think they really know what that is because by Punky and Cherry's age, kids to that age today most likely would already have a cell phone. Which is really sad. Kids at that age, they don't need cell phones. I mean, parents drive them everywhere, so what would they clearly need a cell phone for? Alright, <clears throat> Henry tells Betty he doesn't think he approves of Punky associating with that lot of Bucci hoodlum. <sighs> that boy could wind up in jail, Betty says. Lord, I hope I don't have to walk him there. Henry informs her, Mrs. Johnson, you have trouble escorting these children to school for two simple reasons. You have no organization, no discipline. Is that so, Betty, Betty says. It is, Henry says. The children know your soft touch and they act accordingly. I love her look when she looks at him like, who who do you think you are, guy? Seriously? Is that so, she repeats. It is, he says matter-of-factly. Well, ooh, boop, dee, doo to you. (laughs) I've never heard that. I've never heard that before. Outwardly put, Henry says, getting up. Henry tells Betty that having been in the Merchant Marines, he knows the importance of organization and discipline. Is that so, Betty says, getting up. It is, Henry says proudly. Well, I'd like to see you handle the job. Believe me, I'm tempted, he tells her. Well then, why don't you do it? Why don't you walk the children to school tomorrow, Betty says. Yeah, um, Henry, uh, eight. A group of eight-year-olds is not going to be anything like a group of 20-something. 
in the Marines. They're way kids are have a biz, a lot more energy, and they're I I would think they'd be harder to control. <laughs> so he's gonna have his work cut out for him. Do people walk their kids to school anymore if they live in the city, or do they take the bus, or are they driven? How old? These are my questions here. How old do children have to be to walk by themselves? And what about riding a bike to school? Do kids even really do that anymore? I honestly, if I see kids going to school, or even when I see them walking home from a half day, I don't. I see they're they're walking. They're not riding a bike. Let's see. I grew up in the country, so of course I took the bus. I was always envious of the kids that had to cross the road to get on the bus. All right, I will, Henry agrees. You'll be sorry, she warns him. He tells her she'll eat her words. She tells him, you better eat your words right now because you're going to need all the energy you can get. The next scene, Henry and the kids are outside on the steps of the apartment building. All right, roll call, he informs them. He calls out, Brewster, Punky, yo, she shouts at him. Brewster, Brandon, the camera pans to a close-up shot of Brandon, and Punky answers for him with a, oh. He calls out, Johnson, Cherry, and she says, here, Margot, er, <laughs> Kramer, Margot, and she says something in French. That ended in Monsieur. I don't know how you say that. But anyway. Latibucci Scotty. And he just blows a raspberry. Okay. I, I don't like this term blowing a raspberry. It just sounds weird. I just looked this up on Wikipedia. When I was taking my notes. I know. Take it with a grain of salt with Wikipedia. But apparently it's part of a cockney rhyming slang. Raspberry tart for fart. I don't know if that's true or not, but that's, that's kind of weird. Henry immediately reprimands him, saying, Young man, insubordination will not be tolerated. Either shape up or ship out. Margot has got such a small, such a smug smile on her face when Scotty gets in trouble. Henry calls Anderson Allen, and Allen says, I'm here. Now, out of the three new characters, Margot, played by Amy Foster, Scotty, played by R.J. Williams, who did the voice of Kit Cloudkicker. For those of you that in, in Tailspin, for those of you that are old enough to remember the Disney Afternoons with DuckTales, Ch Chippendales Rescue Rangers, Tailspin, Darkwing Duck, and Gummy Bears. So he did the voice of Kit Cloudkicker. He also was in a couple episodes of Full House. He played DJ's love interest, Ricky the Paperboy. And Alan played by Casey Ellison. Only Margot and Alan would stay on. I think it's funny how both Alan and Scotty are dressed exactly the same. They both have gray sweatshirts with the sleeves cut short and rolled up and only the cuffs remain on the wrists. Does anybody know who dressed like that? I mean, is that hip for young boys in the 80s or just made to make them look tough? 
Ellen's got this thing about him where he'll start to giggle and put his hand up to his mouth. He does this throughout season one. I wonder if that is the character... Is that like the character's trait or if the, is that just a habit of Casey's? Also, when I first went through season one, the season one DVDs in 2004, I thought the spot on Alan's hand was like one of those temporary tattoos. But when I kept seeing it in other episodes, I figured, oh, okay, it's a birthmark. Henry tells them from now on, they will march to school the Warnamont way, which means no bickering, no dawdling, and no nonsense of any kind. Is that understood? The kids all mumble, okay. Yes, sir, Mr. Warnamont, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, oh, no, he says, yes, sir, Mr. Warnamont, sir. He has them repeat. They give a half-hearted attempt. Henry says, I can't hear you. So they shout back, Yes, sir, Mr. Warnamont, sir. Okay, guys, I'm going to play the clip for you, and then I will be back right after. <laughs> Enjoy it. All right, roll call. Brewster Punky. Yeah. Brewster Brandon. <laughs> Johnson Cherry. Here. Kramer Margot. Ici, monsieur. Lothabucci Scotty. <laughs> Young man, insubordination will not be tolerated. Either shape up or ship out. Anderson Allen? I'm here. Okay. <laughs> From now on, you will march to school the Wanimont way, which means no bickering, no dawdling, no nonsense of any kind. Is that understood? Yes, sir, Mr. Warnemont, sir. Yes, sir, Mr. Warnemont, sir. I can't hear you. Yes, yes sir, Mr. Warnemont, sir. That's better. <laughs> On your feet. One step forward, ho! Right face, ho! Forward, ho! <laughs> left, right, left, right, left, right, left, right. We walk to school and we walk real straight. Nothing makes us hesitate. Nothing makes us hesitate. Even when the wind blows hard. Even when the wind blows hard. We will not cut through someone's yard. We will not cut through someone's yard. Sound off. Then he tells them, on your feet, one step forward, halt. I'm saying, I guess he said halt or hop. Henry has now turned into a drill sergeant. Right face, up. They all face forward except for Alan who faces Henry who then has to turn him around. Henry starts then them marching, repeating, left, right, left, right. I love how they have Brandon in a harness. As for large dogs like that, even though he's still a puppy, probably best to have them in a harness to be easier for, you know, to handle them and everything. In the next scene, Henry is walking the children and singing, We walked to school and we walked real straight. And the kids repeat it. Nothing nothing makes up hesitant. Nothing makes us hesitant. I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> Hesitate. Oh, my goodness gracious. Even when the wind blows hard, we will not cut through someone's yard. Sound off. And the kids say, One, two, three, four. And then they shout, one, two, three, four. 
I gotta say, how far away is the school and what time does it start at? For me, elementary school started at 9 a.m. and I think then I was home sometime after 3 to catch the Disney afternoon. What is school time for kids nowadays? I rode the bus to school as early as 2 years old because, well, I had been born premature, so I had to uh, do a lot of physical therapy, so... I was sent to um, a special school that dealt with children that needed extra help. I remember my bus riding days fondly as I got older in elementary school, growing up in the country in a small town on the bus in fourth grade. The fourth and fifth grade boys were always debating what was better, a Ford or a Chevy. And they would write their preference on on the fogged up bus windows. Like when it would rain, you know how the windows would start to fog out. But you can like write stuff on the windows. And it's just like, ugh. Really? You're not even old enough to drive. And yet you're trying to just say one is better over the other. As far as I'm concerned, I think usually I I had driven like, uh, you know, Oldsmobiles and stuff like that. Um, once I learned to drive, but it's like, you aren't even old enough to drive. How would you even know what is better? As long as it runs, to me, as long as the car runs, it can be whatever it wants to be. I don't care. As long as it gets me from point A to point B to C and maybe D, I'm good. In second grade on the bus is when I started brainstorming a story for the Young Authors Award. Um... And I think I don't have it anymore because I was living with my aunt and uncle at the time. And then, you know, the following year I moved back home. So somehow, you know, it got lost. But I did win for the Young Authors Award. and Or I believe I did. And it was really cute. It was a story about a, a bunny and something about running away to a circus. Um... Also, someone on the bus introduced me to honey roasted sunflower seeds. Like, their mom would, like, get a big box of them, so the person would always have one on the bus to give me. Like, one of those singular packs, and it was really, really good. In the next scene, we see them walking down a sidewalk, and Punky warns Cherry not to step on a crack. Does anyone else remember doing this as a child? I, I did that all the time. Avoided the cracks in the sidewalk by hopping over them. I learned that from Ducky in the movie Land Before Time. (laughs) But, and another reason to bring up that reference is the girl who voiced Ducky, Judith Barsade, she is in a couple episodes towards the end of season two. Unfortunately, she died when she was ten. And, um, it's very, very sad. She was also, she also did the voice of Anne-Marie from All Dogs Go to Heaven. So, Scotty steps on the back of Margot's shoe, and she tells him to stop it as she hits him over the head with her umbrella. So, I'm guessing the umbrella is, it wasn't raining out or anything, so it's like, you know how girls would always have those umbrella, like, parasols? I'm guessing that's what that probably was, to her in a way, even though it's just your average, you know, umbrella. But I can imagine, you know, you whack someone over the head with that, even though it's made of plastic, 
that hurts. I'm, I'm sure that's gonna hurt. But he was being kind of a jerk. It really angered me if someone were trying to step on the backs of my shoes as I'm walking. I mean, she really clobbers him. Scotty complains that she hit him. Like, oh, she hit me! And saying now that he has Margot's cooties. I never really did anything about the whole cootie thing. I never had someone saying, oh, you have cooties, don't touch me! She tells him, you're the worst, just the worst, Scotty Latabucci. Ellen says, oh, relax, don't have a cow. I say thanks, Bart Simpson, but the reference wouldn't be relevant for at least another six years. Alan laughs, so Margot hits him over the head with her umbrella. Henry finally shows up and asks, what's the problem here? It sure took a bit for Sergeant Henry to discover half of his group was missing. (laughs) Margot informs Henry that Scotty scuffed her new shoes on purpose. Scotty says he was only trying to scrape the dog stuff off of them. Margot goes in a full-blown spazzy meltdown. Ah, ew, gross, gross, gross. Here's my question. Why is she in the same school as them? She should be in a private school. Her parents, you know, they got money and everything like that. And you'd think they'd want her to have a prestigious education. Not to mention, I think if you had dog poo on your shoe, you would realize it. Because it smells. I was working on standing our side porch about two years ago, and I kept smelling dog poo nearby. Like, did someone's dog poo in our yard? Eventually, I figured it out. It was on the bottom of my shoe. And I didn't clean them off. I just figured, you know, these shoes... I'm not even going to bother. I'm just going to chuck them. They weren't new. You know, it was just like shoes that you wear when you're out, you know, working in the yard. So, it wasn't, I was done with them anyway. (laughs) I'm not taking the time to clean that crap off my shoes. Henry tells Margo to calm down and Scotty says something. I I couldn't really make it out what he was saying. I caught like, he says, I was only kidding. I'm like, well. What was the other thing? It's like he was mumbling something, but... And the audio didn't catch it, but... Margo goes to hit Scotty again with her umbrella. Then Scotty and Alan take off down the sidewalk in the opposite direction. Henry tells Margo not to resort to violence. Cherry puts her hands on on her hips and teases Margo, saying, The sun's hitting your face, Margo. You don't want to get a freckle. I love Cherry's headband that goes over her forehead. It's so cool. I'm not much of a fashion person, but Cherry wears some awesome outfits. Margot tells them how Cherry and Punky are just jealous because she's beautiful and they're peasants. Oh my gosh, enough with the peasants thing. It's <laughs> Even at this stage, it's her first episode and it's already, I'm kind of over it. Punky starts to go after Margot, and Margot screams and runs around Henry as, he, and he grabs Cherry to keep her off of Margot and tells him to stop bickering. One thing's for sure: these kids are not making it to school on time. Once Henry gets the girls separated, he looks up and asks, "Where <laughs> Scotty and Alan went? Where where are Scotty and Alan?" Punky and Cherry point, and Punky says. There they are. 
We then see Ellen holding a cat and Scotty with a handful of shaving cream and telling the cat, after the shave, you're going to be a lot cooler. And by cooler, I mean he's going to have less hair. Okay, I know the term boys will be boys, but Betty is right. There's something not right with that Scotty Latibucci kid. He looks like he's going to become a future serial killer or something. I mean, isn't that how it starts, abusing animals? Henry yells Scotty's name. I honestly, I feel bad for that cat. It sure doesn't look like it wants to be in that scene. In the next scene, they're walking through the park and chasing the birds. Is this school like five miles away or what? It feels like they've been walking forever. I'm sorry to be complaining and stuff. It's just, they're just my funny observations. Then the kids jump in a leaf pile. Henry tells them to stop it and get out of there. Then some park, you know, uh, maintenance cleanup guy comes along with a rake and gives Henry the evil eye. Henry just smiles at the man like, kids, you know. <laughs> this is basically mainly a montage. Next, we see a guy in the shortest shorts barely qualified to be legal to wear in public. And in no way flattering, washing his nice convertible. The group of kids come over to watch. Scotty, however, goes to the over to the hose, lying on the sidewalk, and bends the middle to stop the flow of water. All of a sudden, the guy notices the depleted water supply and just keeps shaking the hose and looking into it, trying to figure out what happened. Henry is trying to wrestle the hose away from Scotty. And when he gets it, he straightens it out and water shoots out, blasting the guy in the face. The kids also get hit with water and Cherry is laughing, having so much fun. The guy looks over, glaring, and sees Henry holding the hose, which he immediately drops. <laughs> the next scene, we have the kids getting ready to cross the street. At the crosswalk, Henry stands in the street and waves the kids forward as he directs traffic. He rushes to kept up, catch up with them. Honestly, Henry is seriously getting a workout this morning. Oh my gosh, that poor man. He is going to be heading to his grave a lot faster than he wants. <laughs> <laughs> this reminds me of a funny story when my dad took me and my sister and uncle to a water park and as we were in the car we were getting ready to leave we were just kind of moving along in the line of cars to leave the exit we heard this rumble come from the roof like something had fallen off <laughs> my dad stopped and got out turns out it was the cooler my dad had left it on the roof of the car. It was so funny because we were at the exit and other people were entering the park as well. So my 13-year-old sister had to get out and was like trying to direct traffic away from while my dad was picking up the cooler and everything that had fallen out of it. I always think about that and laugh. The, the guy with the convertible comes back around in his car as Henry is still in the crosswalk and throws a bucket of soapy water at him and then drives off. Oh, poor Henry. I feel bad for this guy. He is really being put through the ringer. He cannot catch a break today, it seems. All the kids have shocked looks on their faces except for Scotty, who is laughing maniacally. Like, kid. Yeah. Uh. Henry just sits down on the curb and looks defeated. 
Punky rushes over and asks if Henry is okay. <laughs> I think it's funny how Brandon is furiously licking the suds off Henry's pant leg. I hope I, I hope that wasn't real soap. I, I don't think it would be, but he tells her he, he's been better. She tells him, I know it's been kind of a rough morning, but it won't be this bad after school when you walk us back home. Henry shudders at the idea. Walk you home? He says, like he's shell-shocked, the picture of a, a broken man. Hen, uh, Punky nods and then kisses him on the cheek. Oh, I thought that was cute. So I'll play this clip for you guys, and then I'll, uh, I'll be right back. Enjoy it! Are you okay? I've, uh, been better. <laughs> I know it's been kind of a rough morning, but it won't be this bad after school when you walk us back home. Walk you home. Alright, I hope you enjoyed that clip. Um, also, I wanted to talk a couple of my little stories about when I went to school on the bus. I had really, really nice bus drivers. One, actually, I invited to my um, open house. Because I had had her when I was in elementary school, and then when I was a, a senior in high school, I did this one program at uh, KCTC, which is like a technical center, um, where I was uh, learning retail, and she was my bus driver for, for that time. So that was really nice that, you know, we got to see each other again. Um, but I remember, I think I was in second grade, and I got one of those, um, books on, Disney books on tape, uh, Lady and the Tramp, and she, you know, the, the bus was equipped with a cassette player, so she put that in, as, and I got to listen to it on the way home, and I thought that was really sweet that she did that, so. Yep. Another thing is, when I was in, uh, fourth grade, I had gotten, um, it, it was like an off-brand Walkman, and that's pretty much how I spent, like, elementary school through high school. I went from a Walkman to getting, um, a Discman, you know, a portable CD player in eighth grade. So that's how I spent a lot of my time on the to school and from school. I didn't really talk to a lot of people, and, um, one time... Like, the headphones that I had had a short in the wiring, and so in order to try to keep a signal on it, like when I was listening to the radio, I'd have to, like, push the um, the top part of the headphones in the headphone jack. I'd have to push it into the seat in front of me to be able to get it to play sometimes. Because so, those headphones, you know, they were they weren't cheap. You know, to get a replacement, so. And I really hated how the little foam covering on the earphones would start to wear away from, you know, overuse. And then you just get that hard plastic rubbing up against your ear. Um, another thing, um, I really usually would sit, like, right behind the bus driver. And the sad thing about that is, is when a kid gets in trouble on the bus, that's exactly where they go. So sometimes I would have to share my seat with a troublemaker. And one guy actually w was just, he was a pain in the butt. You know, he kept trying to push me 
automatic seat into the aisle. So, uh, I didn't like that at all. I'm like, ugh. But, other than that, you know, bus, bus rides were tolerable at best. I was happy when I finally got my license and I could just drive myself to school. So, that's the end of those wonderful stories. So, let's get back to the show. The next scene, we're back in the apartment. Betty is watering a plant in the hallway and Cherry and Punky go racing past her as she asks how school was. And she says, where's Henry? Punky says, right behind us. Henry slowly hobbles in with Brandon. Betty asks him how it went today. And Henry tells her, fine, no problem. Oh, good, she says. I couldn't help but notice your pants. And Henry's pants are shredded at the knees. Maybe you need a new dry cleaner, she suggests. He tells her he had a little problem with Scotty Badaducci. Scotty Latabucci, I'm sorry, on the way home. I don't know what possessed that boy to try to shave a German shepherd. Yeah, um, that dog probably would have attacked that kid and poor Henry had to step in. You know, he could have been mauled. Nothing against German shepherds, but you don't go around trying to give them a shave and not expect them to defend themselves, even if it's a kid. If I were Henry, I'd be telling a boy's parents, I'm not walking him to school anymore. You need to find another alternative for him. Betty has to laugh at that. Henry tells her he feels lucky to be alive. And poor Brandon, that poor puppy's got to be pooped out. All that walking. I mean, I know puppies, they need exercise. so They're really energetic. But he walked a lot. I don't, like I said, I don't know where that school was located. How many blocks slash miles that it took for them to get there. But, okay. He says Anzio was a picnic compared to compared to this. Not knowing what Anzio is, I looked it up and here's the definition. The Battle of Anzio was... A, um, the Battle of Anzio was a battle of the Italian campaign of World War II that took place from January 22nd, 1944 with the Allied Amphibious Landing, I don't know what that is, known as Operation Shingle, to June 5th, 1944 with the capture of Rome. I basically just got that off of Wikipedia, I believe, so I don't really know what that is, but I know, you know, Henry said he was in the Merchant Marine, so that was probably right around... You know, that time. Henry turns and goes back to, or goes to his apartment door. And on his back, you can see another kick me sign like Betty had on her back. Betty pulls the sign off of his back and hands it to him saying, Henry, you might want to keep this as a souvenir. Henry turns around and takes the sign telling Betty he has something he should say to her. He tells her how yesterday... He carried on and on how she lacked organization and discipline and how he imitated the intimate uh, I'm sorry about this word guys intimated that when he took over he would have no problem controlling the children. Well I was wrong, he says. Betty tells him she has something to say to him. What's that, he says. 
I told you so. She smiles at him laughing. He turns around, walks into his apartment, and puts his key on the hook, looking at his couch like he could sleep for a hundred years. He sits down on the couch in utter relaxation, and Punky comes down the steps from Cherry's apartment and tells Henry, I have some good news. Me and the kids took a vote, and we want you to walk us to school every day. With that, she turns and leaves. Henry opens his eyes in surprise at her news and glares at the now vacant doorway. End of the episode. All right. All right. The time has now come to give you next week's episode question of the week for season one, episode five, part two, entitled Gone Fishing. Did you like to go fishing as a child? And if so... Can you remember the first fish you ever caught? Share your funny stories and heartwarming memories, and I will share them on the podcast. I will also make you an official Punky Peep of the Week. To do this, just go to any of my social media sites. Facebook, Punky Power, an unofficial Punky Brewster podcast page. Twitter, at Punky Power PB Podcast. Instagram, Punky Power PB Podcast, which are also located on my SoundCloud page, or you can email me at punkypowerpbpodcast at gmail.com. All right, over and out, Punky Peeps.